Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All I know is you win deathmatch, next thing you know, you get acquired. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we rolling? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, what's up, guys? This is Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast here with Chad. Welcome to the uh, post-St. Patrick's Day uh, edition of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. We are ironically in an English pub having beers, uh, hair of the dog, if you will. But we have a, a great guest today here in Indianapolis, Amon Brar from Canvas. Amon, welcome to the show. What's up? Really glad to be here and excited to be hanging at Chatham. You look excited. So uh, for those who don't know... One of our first face-to-face interviews was with your company. Uh, you were the winner of our first ever death match. It's true. And, and, and yeah, I think, uh, I think a, th- a thank you is maybe in, a, in store for me. You guys got point. the equity agreements, right, before we got acquired? Did yeah, you guys we're get still those? waiting on that check, oh, dang, but that's man. okay. That's okay. I thought By it was way, in the mail. Full disclosure, you are, you are a sponsor of the show, Indeed. which I guess a little yeah. bone here and yeah, there is yeah. nice. It is, he does get the hometown discount, <laughs> but that's, that's neither here it's nor true. there. I'll start with the first question. Um, Jobvite uh, acquisition. How did you and, and Dan Finnegan, the CEO, get together? How did this sort of whole deal go down? Yeah. So um, the narrative, we had a lot of interest in the channel. The last company that me and many of the Canvas team members had scaled, you know, we're very channel focused, right? So we worked well with the ecosystem. We, we drove deals and, and drove integration. So we ran that same playbook, which is a necessary playbook in the HR tech space. So. Oh, yeah. When we were um, putting the pieces for Canvas together, sort of laying the groundwork, uh, obviously we had a, a targeted list of, of partners that we wanted to work with. Javite was one of those. So we'd been working on cultivating a relationship there, which then led to uh, basically us, uh, uh, them being our first official reseller. So versus just a marketplace partner right. or a referral partner, uh, they had launched a product called Javitex powered by Canvas. Uh, and, and that, you know, the kind of negotiating of that agreement uh, and then, you know, the really exciting execution of that, right? So, look, if that wasn't successful, we're probably not part of the part of the sports team today. But oh, it yeah. was very successful. The yeah. product really took off and, um, and you know, made a lot of sense for us to continue. So, it's really just through, like in most cases, I always tell folks I'm talking to, you know, likely you're already doing business with your future acquirer. And I think that, that largely played out in this case as well. Yeah. So, so big high five, by the yeah, way. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate awesome. it. Awesome. We love hearing and seeing indie business just fucking kick ass yep. um so you did you said job bite text yeah right and, and that's the product so we talked about this a little over a year ago yeah. if you remember we were kind of drunk i think but uh are you looking to prospectively change names and roll up under job bite and become job bite text well i like my t-shirt a lot i like uh, them too canvas. so no i think in, in all seriousness <laughs> right it's a you know it's a it's a complex uh, roll up right so you got you know four brands for four companies um i think right now uh, and i and i think largely even for the foresee you know conceivable future these independent brands make sense and mean different things to different parts of the, of the market. You know, one of the advantages that we have uh, with the Canvas brand or, or Rollpoint might have or Telemetry might have is, you know, we can go through our sales process without, you know, complicating or hitting the tripwires of, oh my gosh, are we changing our yeah. ATS, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I think 
there's some advantage to just continuing to, to uh, kind of be who we are and represent what we represent in the marketplace, knowing that there are certainly going to be uh, those uh, very consultant-like synergies that will come into play. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it has been it's been of great benefit, to, I think, to us, to TechScrew, to Alio, to you name it, right. to not have to to not have to get in the middle of an ATS switchover conversation as part of the sales process. And I think. Right. You know uh, why anybody would want to jump into that really quickly? I, I don't know. You'd, you'd be confusing to me. So I think there's some advantages to continuing to to kind of operate how we've been. Yeah, well, I mean, having a separate product brand, being able to go after anybody with any applicant tracking system is awesome. Uh, just looking at, I mean, long term. I mean, you know, from from a job bite standpoint, being able to say, look, we have this, you don't. Whatever that applicant tracking system is, it seems like a, a, a huge market differentiator and to be able to bring canvas into that i mean from our standpoint we've talked about this before is like you want to use that hammer how long do you think it's going to take for john bite to actually bring canvas in and say okay this is our hammer i would argue these don't have to be separate things actually right so look the second you can run a new playbook that's no longer having to leverage you know just your uh, publicly available APIs, right? Like there's this, you could drive a lot of strategic advantage through an integrated experience, but still go do a lot for the ecosystem, right? And I think you're also seeing other companies continue down that that playbook. So I think the onus on Jobvite, Telemetry, Rollpoint, Canvas is to go create a highly differentiated, unique experience that delivers a lot to the enterprise. Uh, but it doesn't mean, you know, that that we need to trade off everything that we're doing today across the ecosystem right and it, it, this is largely in the in the press release right look at the end of the day these these roll-ups happen you know largely to go attack the enterprise space n not to go track the smb space right so again you might be driving a lot of value and a lot of focus and, and a lot of sales plays to go win that you know fortune 500 fortune 1000 market but there's still a really big mid market out there where we don't need to be everything to everybody in that mid-market. And so I think we're going to continue to see that. So for the foreseeable future, Text Recruit will be able to integrate with Jobvite. You'll be integrating with iSIMS. There won't be any sort of friction there. I, I, we've added additional partners conversations since the acquisitions. Our, our integration playbook still running. We've got two additional integrations that are in process right now. We've, we've done 16 in the last 12 months, and, and we got two more on deck right as we speak. So Great. So talk about um, your growth here in Indianapolis, uh, what you're looking to do either from a real estate standpoint yeah. or a ramping up employee standpoint. What will it mean for the local economy? Yeah, this was a really important part of this, you know, the story for us. Um, think, thinking about Indy largely as being one of a, a kind of a, a small handful of employment centers for the overall uh, entity. So, you know, likely by the end of the year, if you think about, you know, the combination of, of current job by plus canvas plus growth, I think we're, we're easily in the, you know, 50 plus employees territory, which uh -huh. is becoming, you know, significant tech employment headcount. Yeah. More importantly, though, I think that's just the 2019 story. Right? I think what's mo what's most important is attitudinally, you know, talk to Dan, you talk to K1, uh, obviously talking to me. You know, Indianapolis, uh, as far as leveraging uh, the SaaS strength here, uh, is absolutely kind of part of the thesis, and, and I would say part, part of why we're part of the story as well. So was Dan kind of all in with Indianapolis, knowing Salesforce is here, TechPoint, there's, there's a lot of growth in the tech sector. Was, was that hard to sell him on, or was it 
really easy. Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a sales process so much as but beyond Javite. Uh-huh. I mean, there's just a tremendous amount of interest in the Midwest, right? To to have a a non-coastal employment center, right? So. Yeah. Um, I think you're, you saw, you know, Greenhouse make uh, investments in Denver, right? You're seeing lots of companies with, with additional footprint in Indy, whether it's Infosys, whether it's Superior, whether mm-hmm. my last company, Apparatus, uh, acquired by Virtusa. So I think you're just seeing that trend. And I think Indy is, is riding that wave. Um, and then we're fighting for our own d- differentiation as a city across a lot of cities that are doing pretty well in tech right now. But we're doing very, very well. So I think it was uh, it was not uh, a sales process. The indie part, I think, it just made a lot of sense and uh, was was part of the very very kind of early conversations. And to give um, you know Java credit where credits due, they had already started investing in indie you know prior to the Canvas acquisition yeah. as well because yeah, they saw yeah. the talent pool here. Um, so I think what, what you find is that okay, you got Canvas, you got the team that's already here. You know that that's probably going to lead to even bigger and better things. So uh, we're looking forward to. Uh, uh, to that, and I think you know that that's a fun part. It's a fun part of the the gig now for us to go from a seed stage company, right? Where, as you know, right, we got a lot done across the six of us and oh, seven yeah. of us. We just hired, dude, like, lean and me, yeah, lean man, and me. lean and me. So we we brought on you know seven and eight as we were closing the <laughs> the deal. I mean, we got a lot done for such a small team, yeah. Um, uh, and 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 we're we're but we're also very excited for the help. You know, we're looking forward to, we had to, to double up out. on the Jurgens and the tissue, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot we'll be doubling up on, you know, uh, like more coffee, Chad. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so, yeah. uh, so from a reseller standpoint, I mean, is everything business as usual or have things changed? I mean, this is a big roll up, man. It is a big this roll isn't, up. This isn't just Javite coming in and say, Canvas, you're... You're my boy, Blue. This yeah, is, yeah. This is Canvas te- telemetry. I mean, this is roll point. This is, I mean, this is big. Yeah, yeah. So what's, for y- from your standpoint, yeah. being a part of this big roll up, what's the big priority for you right now? Um, you know, I think th- this sounds uh, cliche, but it's like the most important thing. It's like, don't get distracted, right? At the end of the day, you know, like I think, I think folks can get distracted. You can start honestly doing too much too fast without there being an understanding of what really matters to the client. So I think, you know, what K1's done a nice job of my, my you know, Javite role point telemetry is, is we kind of operate with this like do no harm philosophy. Like let's, you know, we all have great things going. The goal is to have something great going together. Let's not screw things up in the, in the interim of that step, right? So I think it's been a ridiculous focus on the client experience, you know, on, uh, you know, like I'm not, uh, you know, I'm building out the team here. I don't have, you know, folks in California needing to interview the folks that I'm hiring. I mean, we're running our playbooks and we're, we're uh, when I, you know, there are times where I call because I want to get, you know, hey, like, what do you think about this kind of role? But like, it's a very supportive environment across the four companies right now. Um, you know, the, the, the CEOs of four companies, we, we, you know, chat once or twice a week formally and then a lot of uh, one-off conversation. But it's a lot of just seeking to understand, I would say, like making sure that we're being really thoughtful. I think the part that's been exciting is seeing, you know, a Javite customer that didn't have Canvas before, a uh, Canvas customer that didn't have Javite before, or even, tele- you know, we've got inquiries coming in from, you know, even telemetry folks now saying, hey, this is, we, we're interested in Canvas. So I think that whole technology integration, you know, conversation is really, really exciting. Um, but but I think like just not screwing up a really great thing that all these companies had going is is the really important part uh, on day one through fifteen you know so <laughs> a little bit of a macro question and in your history 
uh, you started with Cha Cha, which for those who don't know is basically you used to be able to text a question into the short code Cha Cha. I don't know what numbers those were. I'm two sure you two, do. Two, two. Yeah, and and you would actually get a text answer back sometimes manually. Um, that bu- that business is no more. The smartphone kind of killed uh, that business. Do you do you stay up awake? Do you stay awake at night ever thinking about messaging, texting, losing, or or uh, sort of fatigue setting in? Because it used to just be I'd get text messages. Now I get text messages. I get Facebook messages, LinkedIn messages, Twitter direct messages. Like I get so many messages uh, that I, I fear that for businesses that are make their living on messaging, like maybe there's some fatigue, maybe something else will replace that. Does that keep you up at night or what are your thoughts on that? A lot of thoughts on it. I think the first one is, you know, and I mentioned this last time we spoke too, like we were very conscientious that, you, you know, text is not part of our name as a company, right? We really felt like, you know, what's really important is that messaging, there's always going to be some sort of messaging, right? There's, there's oh, not even implied saying, but, but sure. But I think we were already, we were always kind of thinking about the long game, right? So you've got um, uh, messaging that'll always be important, conversation that'll always be important, and then the medium shift, right? And I, you've seen my uh, tongue-in-cheek, you know, Vimeo video where I talk about the, the homing pigeon, and the, you know, I think that stuff's true, right? Like, we've, the recruiters continue to have to adapt. There's something, there's something really important to understand about these channels right now, which is, you know, the way that, you know, the APIs for Facebook and WhatsApp and so forth, they, they, are, they don't function the same way as SMS, right? And so um, all these things will continue to be important, whatever the next messaging app will become important. Um, but ubiquity uh, allows you to do more, right? Just like, we, you know, we can do more with, with email, phone calls, and text. And, and those other channels are just scratching the surface of what's capable. Um, if the if the labor market shifts and and it, and it gets uh, you know less tight and and, and the the power kind of shifts back to the employers, then you're going to see those other channels take off faster, right? But the reality is those channels kind of rely on a hundred percent kind of an inbound approach, right? You can't just you know, reach out to somebody on Facebook Messenger and be like, hey, are you interested in this opportunity that you applied for? I mean, you can do it on your personal channel, but you can't do that through, you know, the kind of the B2B kind of API side. So I think that there's just, you know, a lot that has to be kind of worked on. And I'm as confident as anyone that SMS will have a half-life just like other communication platforms have had. I I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night. I think we're still uh, in an age where I mean, hell, there's there's still email marketing technology companies launching, right? You know, and we're we're on about year twenty of that. So I think we got some runway, but I think it's important to keep our eye on the future and, and how do we make sure you know, we we from the beginning have felt like we're a, we're a headless application ultimately, right? And and we chose our first our first uh, volley to be SMS, um, but I think you'll you'll find us you know, having that same omni-channel approach at the end of the day, that, that becomes a requirement. Do you envision any particular headwinds for the sort of the 10-digit number text messaging business versus the short code five to six digit, where there's more, I guess, legislation around the five to six, and the 10-digit is still sort of the Wild West. I assume legislation will eventually come to that. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think, you know, we want to be um, part of the solution here where we don't... Uh, you know, you know, we've got a lot of, um, I have a lot of thoughts on this, which is I'm sure at some point in time, somebody may come screw this up, right? And we, we're absolutely not going to be the entity that does that. So we're very, very careful. Um, you know, lots of governors in place. You know, we drive or, or kind of organic, what we call organic experiences, right? So there's no lo- uh, list loading, any of that stuff in Canvas software. 
you know, inevitably this this could happen. Someone could jump the shark here, and and that might require, uh, you know, legislation that you would want, that I would want, that others would want. So I so I wouldn't even argue that I'm anti-legislation here. I think you know, if, if to the degree that this becomes a problem. We should take a look at, at at resolving it. I'm the last person that wants to be bothered uh, via text message as well from from something uh, that doesn't feel like it should be there. Oh yeah. So we know Canvas Bot is out there, right? Us uh, talking about messaging, but then there's the whole chat bot, chat bot, chat bot kind of scenario that's out there. So when you're talking to clients today, or even when you were talking to Jobvite, was that something that kind of perks them up to to want to have more of a discussion, or was it just really just predicated on the messaging aspect of what you guys do? Because I mean, there's a lot of noise that's out there, and chat bots are creating a shit ton of noise. Did that help? Did it hurt? Or did it not even matter? Well, I mean, I would say messaging is the least interesting thing that Canvas does. <laughs> like, it's like I, if any, I mean, if if you've missed the plot line, if yeah. you think that's what's interesting yeah. about yeah. what we do, I think it's the the tooling. And we started rightfully in a world where we thought you know, kind of semi automation was the was the first way to go. And, and you all were inside. Uh, you had an inside view on this, where you know, ultimately we were we were structuring the recruiter side of the conversation through the questions library and, and those libraries that we had created. Then we when we rolled in before we launched uh, recommended answers, right? So the the suggested answer pops up. Yeah. And so the, then the goal was just how do you structure the other side of the equation and start to get better data? So ultimately, the messaging part uh, um, they paid way too much if they acquired us for messaging. So I, I put it that way. So yeah. now, now let's talk about CanvasBot. I think what, you know, our, our paper is written a little bit differently uh, versus the other papers out there and that we believe the right place to start was a mobile-centric experience. And if you're going to talk about mobile-centric, we want an experience that didn't require an application to be downloaded. I think that if you think you're going to build your business in this labor market, uh, expecting people to be sitting in front of their laptop while they're in a discrete window of time with a little chat bubble window, you're super confused about human behavior right now. Yeah. So the reality is that our, uh, that Canvas bot and kind of the engine that drives it, the conversational engine that drives it, it's really powerful um, and, and people confuse it because they, they want to see this kind of web window based experience. Right. Reality is, right. go try those and let me know what you think about them and ask them any questions that you like about uh-huh. Uh, and it'll keep referring you back to the same website that you're already on. It's like, hey, how many interns do you hire this year? Um, if you're interested in applying at, at Acme Corporation, it's like, I mean, it's just, it's a nonsense experience. Yeah. That, I agree, you know, Joel, I hope it gets better, you know, over time. But I think what we're, we're trying to say is, hey, let's build a bot experience that meets candidates where they are today. That was like in our very first, you know, kind of marketing material. And so I think people are kind of missing the plot. If you're building for this web-based window experience, you're just missing what's happening right uh-huh, now. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, th- that I would argue, you know, our bot, it's very compelling. It's just built for your the, the world that's that's on your phone, uh, not not the one that's uh, on your on your website right now. So. That being said, the application process sucks. For, for most companies, when you go directly to an applicant tracking system, when you have to go through and actually rip apart your process because you're instituting Canvas, does that start to help companies better understand the shit that they've sent candidates through over the years and really help them focus on user experience? I think, I think you know, whether it's, it's Canvas, you know, whether it's, you know, Telemetry, which you know, that I would argue that was a lot of the value they were bringing to a lot of you know enterprise or local clients. Like, how do you really rethink the UX? I think whether it's us or the the fifty other companies are going to launch this month. I think so much of it is just 
UX innovation, right? Like what what is, how are we gonna move the user experience forward? And what we were trying to do was, was to move the ball forward with regard to this, you know, no app needed experience. We'll take care of plugging the data in to the ATS or to wherever you want it. Yeah. And I think we're, you know, we're like people, we're still like scratching the surface of what's gonna be possible, you know, both inside and, and outside. And I think sometimes we, you know, we want to call it a, an AI revolution or an intelligence revolution. Really, it's just a it's a user experience revolution, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, really what it is. Yeah. And, and I think you know um, that's the really important part. And and the other side of the equation then is the companies, you know, automating what can be automated right now. And I th- you know we've talked about this. I think too many companies are selling autonomous driving when we still have fancy cruise control, and we're just <laughs> not going to be that company. And we're just you know sometimes we. Uh, don't so you're pl- not just going to say AI, AI No, we, we don't. And, and we're not going to tell people our product's going to do things that it, that it doesn't do um, and that, that no one's product really does. Because if any, if I, one of my things is any of these any of these companies, if their product actually did what they said it did, they couldn't be shy of a billion-dollar valuation right now, right? right. It's impossible, yeah. right? So, so, yeah. I don't, so help me understand the $30 million valuation, right? So, yeah, the, so I think we're just losing the plot line. We're kind of taking advantage of an, uh, a consumer a buyer that has just a lot of information they're having to sort through right now yeah but if you think about the technology being sold and the valuations aren't even close to matching up right now right and i think that's the first tell yeah that we have a lot of work left ahead of us right so we, i mean we talked to dan finnegan last week ceo of Jobvite, and i mean we were talking about modeling and you can't really look at the hr industry to model right and, and, he, and he kept saying sales and marketing and looking at you know those different types of industries to be able to focus on technology because that's all predicated on revenue. It's all predicated on ensuring that you do have a great candidate experience. So from a Canvas standpoint, is that where you guys really saw, I mean, because that's exactly what it sounds like you guys are doing. Is that where you guys kind of gelled in, in knowing that you had the same kind of focal point? Yeah, I would say so. I would say that there, you know, there are, are lines that, that of even Jobvite's evolution from kind of where they started with social and email, where, you know, there's no doubt that, you know, that early emphasis on communication and messaging and channel, you know, I think helped us be pretty congruent with with how we fit into that overall ecosystem. So I do think that, that you know, you know Jobvite saw many pieces of this pretty early. Um, and I think we helped fill in a missing piece, to, you know, to that to that story. Um, but, but, you know, um, I think messaging again—it's the least. It's really the least uh, interesting thing. It's the engine kind of behind it. I have a couple of, I guess, I'd call rapid fire. We'll see what your answers are like to see how rapid that is. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm I'm yeah yeah I'm totally uh, motivated. One of the first things I got on you about when we first met was your your domain, yeah. right? GoCanvas.io. Does does the extra funds give you the ability to like go get a real URL at this point? Um, it's it's a great question. Um, I'd like to spin this another way, Joel. I'd like to let all the young kids out there that want to start a startup just know that you can have a really shitty URL and still go crush it. So how about that? That's the way I'd like to answer that that question. Boom. Okay, so. that's not the only one. <clears throat> yeah, I know. What was the price tag for Canvas? It was uh, one point seven billion dollars. 
tongue in cheek on that one. Uh, they raised two hundred million for the three acquisitions. So I'll let I'll yeah, let no, my listeners do the math on that can't, one. Obviously, can't articulate the, uh, the first place. I'm you glad you did. No, I was, I was totally ready for it. Um, and then lastly, lastly for me because I'm getting hungry. Um, you have a history of starting companies, being a part of companies, selling, and then getting out in a fairly short order of time. Should we expect the same out of your experience at Canvas? Are you dedicated to the long haul with seeing this company um, You know, for the marathon? Are you in it to like get it up and running and going and then up to your next startup? Yeah, I'll give you a, a, my, my honest, but what you may deem to be you know, political answer. So when we, when we sold you know, apparatus, you know, I didn't have a, a specific timetable I, w- I was working from. Uh, I wanted to finish the job, right? And and uh, I would tell you, like, right now, I don't have, uh, I mean, here's a part of the contract I can tell you. Like, I, I don't, I'm not here today because I have to be here today. And I'm not working at, 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 uh, because he loves us. Canvas today. No, he'll be here more broadly. Like, <laughs> yeah, I think to I me, the work's not done, right? And to me, life's about a collection of interesting experiences. A, you know, let's go fulfill some destiny that's still left with canvas you know too personally right i'll make it personal like i like learning and you know if i wake up today and say where could i learn more would it be conjuring up my next idea you know on a piece of paper or you know working to figure out what a four company uh, integration opportunity looks like and so i think for me the, the the business problem and the opportunity is still really really interesting and when i wake up one day and i'm like oh man i think it could be more interesting elsewhere that then maybe that happens but i would tell you right now we're not we're not there yeah uh now with that said if after this uh podcast uh, uh dance like i don't like what you said on that and he fires me then maybe i'm off to my my next thing but uh, no i i think the job's not done and yeah. and when it is done you know, I'm sure I'm sure we'll all be hearing about it but right so, now. It's so not. piggyback on that, and I'm I'm inspired to ask another question. Chen and I've been doing this for a long time, and we've seen companies come and go, and there seems to be an underlying uh, fact that people who come in that aren't of this industry tend to not last very long in this industry. You are a rare exception and success story. So for anyone that's looking to come into HR tech or recruiting um, solutions, what advice would you give them as someone who was, I guess, an outsider to our industry? How? What advice would you give them to, to being successful in our space? Yeah, you know, some, uh, sometimes I get as far as writing the first uh, like sentence of a blog post that I never write, but I will tell you this, so let's just, <laughs> let's just write it in real time. You know, to your point, Wait, like, had I known, you know, had I really understood the space, uh-huh. I don't think I would have launched Canvas. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, I, I think it would have felt like too impossible to me. And I actually think that the is that an adoption type of well, thing? Well, yeah, I think it's a, it's a, I think it's an it's an adoption thing. I think the the buyers it's a very different buyer than oh, some God, industries. Yeah. I've we've talked about this, so right? Reticent, right? Yeah, it's it's reticent. It's complicated. I think you've got this emerging group of HR leaders that that the rest of the leadership team is still catching up to to understand that this has to be a really important part of the business. Here's an example that I talk about often. If if a CEO is working on, um, if they're working on their next round of financing, they're right there with the CFO at the bank, right? Yeah. If you're working on uh, fixing a shortfall in your... in your sales plan for the year, they're right there. With hey, what's what's the next big pitch I can go to with the sales VP? Yeah, but 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 we for all the talk that CEOs do about talent, what are they? What's the first thing they even know about their talent pipeline? When's the last time they showed up on a college campus? So I think part of it is yeah. is that look, a lot of people want to go blame you know HR leaders. I don't think that's the case. I think CEOs are kind of full of shit. 
right, when it comes to talent, right? They talk about it. Yeah. They don't spend nearly as much time understanding that, mm-hmm. except when it's in the papers to talk about, I got a shortage of this, or I need grant yeah. money for that. It's a canned quote yeah, or it's something. A, yeah, but they don't, yeah. It's a, yeah, but they don't really go work on the problem. Yeah. And so I think that then creates a, a larger challenge as a SaaS company because you're really... You know, these are fake dollars in the paper, right? These aren't real dollars that yeah. they actually want to spend. So I'm really glad we did it. And I'm actually kind of glad I came into it kind of ignorant of that. Because I think when we were building companies in the past, the only reason we were successful is because of our focus on talent. Like, we were obsessed with it, right? And I think at Apparatus, we were obsessed with it. So I just kind of took for granted that that same obsession existed at the leadership level. Yeah. And I really don't think it does. I think it does in the newspapers and it does, you know, when it's convenient, but it really doesn't when it comes to the blocking and tackling the running of a company. So it seemed from the outside that you guys were hyper-focused on exactly what you were trying to get done in the platform. You weren't trying to pivot every six months. And that's hard, especially when there are prospective investors out there in companies who are saying, hey, look, I'll give you some cheddar if, you know, you do X, Y, or Z. What, and again, back to kind of Joel's, Joel's point for all those other startups that are out there, what can you say about startups in really being disciplined and not getting into pivot mode? We should start getting a little bit of an allergy to that word, right? I, I think- yeah. You know, I think there's a couple things that happen there. You know, one one is not not enough thoughtful research before you you launch, right? And I think not not enough like iteration, right? So getting the product in your hands. I think sometimes we want to you know maybe blame the customer that they don't get in, therefore we pivot, versus just going, hey, what's not right about my yeah. platform yeah. yet? Yeah. And and sometimes you know you can just be one minor ingredient off um, to make it to make that cupcake taste great, right? And I think I think there's a lot of Companies out there that instead are, of scrapping yeah, it and, and making it too quickly, a fruitcake that, or that's something, exactly right. right. Yeah. That just that just probably needed to keep listening. Uh-huh. And and I think one of the values we loved being so small because we were so raw and close to our customer and, and client all the time. And you know we're naming features after recruiters and doing and having yeah. a really great time doing that. But I think that you know too many folks kind of maybe pivot too early. Yeah, easy to say for the person who didn't pivot and had an exit, right? So I recognize yeah, yeah. Uh, that. But I do think that there's, you know, I think we should have some fortitude about what you're trying to do. One of the ones that we were always fending off was, you know, go become a sales and marketing company, right? Take this. This is an unbelievable platform. Could I, we had clients asking, could I use this for our customer care op? Could I use this to communicate with our with our clients and and we just kept saying no and and the reason we said that was like our value was in our the tightness of the relationship we were creating between the recruiter and us we're just like that's it nothing else really mattered and maybe you know we'd always joke maybe maybe five years on the road yes but right now we can't do that so Amon, i would like to thank you another high five yeah thanks Great, great to see this happen. Uh, Joel is over here withering away, so we need to get lunch and probably some uh, some whiskey. Yes, yes. it is. Uh, we win uh, Joel Cheeseman's uh, shittiest company to ever launch and have an amazing <laughs> exit with uh, GoCanvas.io. Uh, that's GoCanvas.io. Now, keep in mind, uh, little ones out there, they're going to launch a company. You can absolutely crush it. Deal with Joel knocking on your URL every day. Um, but I will tell you right now, I'm glad I never spent the money on it. I'm glad I spent it on uh, amazing people and customers. Thank you very much. We out. Boom. We out. Hi, I'm Emma. Thanks for listening to my dad, the Chad, and his buddy Cheese. This has been the Chad and Cheese podcast. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single show. 
Be sure to check out our sponsors because their money goes to my college fund. For more, visit chadcheese.com. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.